There's a second part to getting started on, on a writing project, right? We talked last time about knowing what you want to write and why you want to write it, right? What do you care about? What do you know, right? What can you really dive into? Like, what's going to keep you going? Now, that's kind of the pre-work, right? That's lining up at the block and getting ready to run, right? That's all those all those things, whatever analogy you want to apply to it. It's getting ready to jump in the pool. It's making sure you got all your rock climbing equipment, tying your rope off. Like, that's all the beginning stuff you do, right? That's walking to the edge of the cliff and acknowledging that theoretically you're going to leap from it. But then you have to start. And starting is where this gets complicated. Because you can talk all day, I want to write this, and this is why. This is what I'm going to write, and this is why I'm going to write it. And I have this wonderful feeling in my head, and then it hits you. Right? It hits you with the force of a thousand suns' gravities. Like, suddenly you are pulled down and you can do nothing. You are abjectly paralyzed by fear. Because you're afraid. So we're going to talk a little bit about fear, and we're going to talk about getting started today and wrap up this getting started part so we can really get into talking about how you write. This is tough. Like, I'm going to tell you, fear is a bear. And there's good reason to be afraid of a bear, but fear is just this imaginary bear that sits behind you and screws with you. Now, we can call it whatever you want. You can call it limiting beliefs. You, you can address it by whatever construct you want to address it by. The reality is it's fear, okay? If you've listened to me long enough, you've heard me say that there is no such thing as writer's block. Because there isn't. There's no such thing as writer's block. It doesn't exist. It's fear. The only reason you're not writing is fear. It, there's, you didn't like stop and the idea didn't stop flowing or anything else. You're afraid. First rule of a problem and getting by it is you got to admit that it's there. So take a minute. If you're paused on a writing project or if you came up with that stuff and you're starting to feel what I'm talking about, take a minute and just sit with me for a second, right? We're going to start this together. Take a deep breath. I'm afraid. Go ahead, say it. Say I'm afraid. Put that out there. Don't worry about why you're afraid. Don't try to break it down beyond any further than you're afraid. Right? You're afraid. And it's okay. It happens to the best of us. Maybe you're afraid of the blank page. Although, to be fair, that's a really small number of people. And that's probably the easiest part of fear to get over. Just put stuff on it. Um, but more than likely, you're afraid you're fail- you'll fail. Maybe you're afraid you'll succeed. What the hell will you do if you write a good one? Can you write a second good one? Most people, it's I'll write a bad one. I'll write so badly that my family or my loved ones or my significant other will walk out the door, leaving me with nothing. Because I have shamed my house for the remainder of time. 
It's true. A lot of people think that way. You know, you're, you're worried about that. You have this vision that what you're going to write is so bad that people are going to line up outside your home with pitchforks and torches like in a Frankenstein movie. And they're here to take you out and to kill you for the abomination you have brought upon humanity in that garbage writing you produced. You're terrified of all of it. Right? Now, let's be fair. If you're really having the Frankenstein nightmare right now, that's probably not going to happen. Take a look at what gets written. Take a look at what goes around for entertainment right now, and I assure you, you're probably not worse. Like, statistically, you're probably not going to do worse than some people. Um, I mean, just the reality, guys. But let's break down a little deeper, right? Let's, let's, let's think about one thing. Like I said, I, we can get into limiting beliefs and all this other stuff, and that has to deal with fear on a much greater level. I'm talking about your fear when you sit down to write. The very immediate breath down your neck, right? It's there. Um, dealing with your limiting beliefs, dealing with issues that, that arise up, dealing with, you know, depression, mental health, the, you know, just needing to talk to some people. Those are all things you should do, by the way. They help. Um but they really aren't related exactly to this because this is that, okay, cool, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start writing my story. Oh, God. And you just freeze. So I want you to remember something about that fear. The odds are extremely high that that fear is a future fear. Think about it. You're afraid you're going to be successful. You're afraid you're not going to be successful. This is going to be a bob. It's going to be a waste of your time. It's never getting published anywhere. Your girlfriend's leaving you because you wrote so badly. You know, your husband filed for divorce because he read the opening sentence and went, really? Because uh, little did you know that the fellow you married who you thought was in insurance sales is actually a literary critic, right? Like, you know, think about that for a minute. The reality is, though, two things about these fears. One, they all exist in the future, right? They, they all happen down the road. They imply that you wrote the thing to begin with. They all happen down the road. And two, they're things you have no control over. None. Whatsoever. Look, I have no control over whether people are going to like stuff or not like stuff, right? None at all. I work on short stories, I work on novels, they may be absolute bombs. It really doesn't matter, I can't do anything about it. Right? I can't, what do I do? Uh, no, the, the reality is there's nothing I can do about that stuff, so I just move forward and I have to press on and, and do it, and hopefully those fears will manifest in the future because it means I've completed something. But the other part is, like I said, they're just, they're just there's nothing to do with you. You can't make people like what you write. See, this is... Guys, uh, uh, hang on. Get my soapbox. Bring it over for a minute. I'm hopping up for a minute. This is what happens when you all create these BS metrics for yourselves, right? How many people liked my post? How many people shared my post? How many people commented on my post? I self-published a book, and I sent out spam emails to every single human being I know and charged 99 cents for it and made Amazon bestseller list because I gamed the system. And now, oh my God, what's going to happen? Guys, stop. Right? Van Gogh never sold a painting in his lifetime and is now honestly on everyone's list for greatest and most influential painters of all time. On a lot of those lists, he's the number one. 
Granted, he was dead when that happened, but look, yeah, we're just talking about you don't know what the future impact's going to be, okay? Bestseller status is absolutely meaningless. If you really think it's not, I want you to look on the bestseller list and find the political talking head or politician that you hate, and I guarantee you they've been on it at one point in time. Don't like Hillary Clinton? She's a best-selling author. Don't like Bill O'Reilly? He is too. You see what I'm saying? Like, look, it has nothing to do with it. Like, best-selling author is a tool is is a stat for marketers. If you're a marketer and you're working with a writer, you want them to be the best-selling author. If you're an author, get that out of your head and focus on writing something. Okay. Seriously, I've read some of those books. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not. Okay? It's like anything. Look, I've read books by guys who are huge. Like James Patterson, that guy has like 100 books out, and he makes more money than God knows what. He has written way more than I ever will, and I just don't particularly like his writing. I mean, I take nothing away from the guy. As much as he has produced, way to go, James. And if you're listening, yeah, seriously, way to go. I just don't like what you do. It's just not my flavor, man. It's okay. Some people are chocolate people. Some people are vanilla people. Some people like strawberries. Some people wedge them all together. You can't control what anybody's going to think. By the way, get that soapbox out of here. Thanks, guys. You, you can't control what anybody's going to think about what you write, so just write. That's why it's so important to know why you want to write it and what you want to write, so that you stop worrying about what other people think. And you say, okay, Matt, but that doesn't help me feel confident. Oh, well, that's never going to happen. Right? Let me go ahead and, and, and spur something for you, right? If you're a writer and you're telling me how comfortable you are doing it, I have serious doubts. I do. So I, I love this quote by Kurt Vonnegut when he said, when I write, I feel like an armless, legless man with a crayon in my mouth. Right? You're never going to feel comfortable. Being alone, thinking, exposing your thoughts and feelings to the world, not comfortable. Not comfortable at all. But you're doing it for a purpose, theoretically. Me, I, I think writers are a vital part of civilization. I think we're a vital part of society that we, we represent some reflective nature within it. That's why I'm here, in addition to some really personal reasons and a deep love for my craft, you're going to have your own thing. It's all right. You don't have to share mine, right? We don't have to be like little writing Jedi all thinking about it, although it would be cool if we could summon our pens and notebooks with the power of our mind. So just let the fear go. Let it go. And just write. Because those are all problems in the future that are not related to putting out a story. They're not. Let them go. Let, deal with them later. Right, You can deal with all those fears when you're done. When you've written a story, we can decide whether we're going to ship it or not, and that's when you actually have to talk about that fear. But right now, it has nothing to do with putting, putting words on a page. And like I said, if it's a fear of a blank page, then just put stuff on the page. I'm serious. I used to have a fear of a blank page. I just started putting stuff on the page, and surprisingly, it works really well. 
200 bad words a day will get you really, really far. Just set that as your standard. 200 really bad words, because you probably won't write really bad ones, and you'll probably write more than 200. There you go. So we've talked about that fear, but, but, but Matt, do I use a typewriter or do I use a computer or do I use a journal? Do I pre-write my characters? Do I do like pre-writing sketches? Uh, should I write every single day for a certain number of hours and then go back and review at the end of the week what I wrote? Or should I just bang out everything I can like a madman on a long roll of butcher paper, like some meth-driven Kerouac, and try to set everything up in one run and then put it in a box for a year and return to it with a nice bottle of wine? and reread and make my edits faintly in the right red pen uh, for, my, for my setup. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Here's the secret. How you're going to write it is the way that works for you. God, I know that's such a lame answer, but it's actually tragically true. Right? I, like, look, Vonnegut notoriously was a perfectionist, right? And I say Vonnegut because he's, he's a very successful writer. He was a perfectionist. He sat there and he wrote and he edited as he went along. And it took him years to grind out a novel and he just kept working and working and working and working and working and working and working. But when he was done, that draft was pretty close. He also notoriously didn't go through tons of editorial rounds. Kerouac, who I referenced earlier, wrote on the road on a giant type of typograph roll. Right, He loaded into his typewriter and he had this giant scroll. They tour the thing around the country now. It's like an artifact of lit. Uh, and he just banged away stream of consciousness, honestly without any indentation grammar or, or much, much punctuation. And he just hammered it away and then he went back and edited it later. Okay. Some people form characters in their heads. Some people go through really detailed pre-writing exercises. I had a great professor when I was an undergrad, uh, David, who taught me a lot about really great pre-writing exercises. And he had a point. I think he might pre-write more than I do, but I also still do some pre-writing. I still do some working. I do some stuff that's not on the page because it helps me think things through and, and get to that place where, for me, it's all about my characters starting to tell me what they're doing and their choices becoming obvious in my head, even though I don't feel like I really plotted them. Because then I have living, breathing characters, right? Some people do outlines, right? Some people read Joseph's Cam Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Awesome book. If you haven't read it and you want to be a writer, you probably should. Little dry. He was a research psychologist, so it can take a little bit to get through, but it's really good. Some people plot that stuff out on their wall, like just huge. This is this character, and this is this event, and then this happens, and then this happens, and here's the inciting incident, and then this is the revelation, but this is the wall that comes in front of them. Like they go through that whole thing step by step, and they plan it in detail, like they were trying to kill Osama bin Laden. I don't know, right? Like I'm, I, I can't tell you how I write. What I can tell you is this, though. I will say this: consistency is really important. Like you need to write. You need to make time for this. You need to make time to think. And I don't mean at a coffee shop. Look, I'm, I am going to go and bang the drum on something here about this. I don't mean right at the coffee shop because I don't think you can effectively because I think your best work is always going to come when you're alone. Right? Because you need to be able to hear those characters and hear yourself. Too many voices at the coffee shop. Don't get me wrong. As we go through this course, I'm going to tell you how coffee shops and diners are the best way to learn to write in the right circumstances. 
But I mean, when you're alone, when you're really in the zone you're going, and you need to make sure you have that time. I assure you, if you find the big writers of all time, you're going to find that a lot of them, even if they did some work in coffee shops, they also went home and did some work alone. So you've got to be consistent. Have some time, whatever that's going to be once a week, twice a week, all every day, you know, since 1978 without a day off, Stephen King. You know, like every, if, if you're going to do that, like that's fine. Um, whatever it is, but it should be consistent, right? You have to give yourself the time to write. You have to give yourself the time to work and you have to make that time sacred and let that be important to you. True facts. Uh, <laughs> additionally, beyond just that little tidbit, uh, you also have to do it alone, right? You have to find a space where you can be alone, where people aren't interrupting you, where there's not coffee, there's not eight zillion distractions. I know I'm hearing people right now shaking their heads going, no, Matt, you're wrong. I'm not. I promise you the hardest part about being a writer is learning to get un is learning to deal with long periods of uncomfortable loneliness and they're going to happen. Because this is not a craft that you can perform sitting next to a guy munching on a double cheeseburger talking about the girl who left him last week. That's a great way to start getting some ideas. It's not a great way to write prose. I'll also tell you that time when you're writing probably shouldn't be drunk. Just going to throw that out there as a bonus pro tip, right? Might want to be on your game. But other than that, when that is, that's up to you. Do you work better at night or in the daytime or whatever? I don't know. That's all you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If this is your first writing project or you're 23rd and you still don't feel like you have it set in stone, play with it. Write in the morning, write at night, try different times, right? Play with that consistency thing a little bit and figure out when it really works for you. Try a typewriter, write by hand, write on your computer, do whatever. Try a million different techniques. See what works for you. P.S. Don't pick a technique because you think it makes you look cool. I, I, I'm serious. Don't do that. Don't go out and buy a Smith Corona typewriter because, man, the Smith Corona is going to make me look awesome because it's not. You're going to spend a pretty decent amount of money on a really heavy, really labor-intensive machine that you may only use like once because it promise you have written on a Smith Corona. It's a little bit of effort. I mean, I kind of like it, but I don't think I'd ever do it for fiction writing. And as a result of work, I've gotten really comfortable on a computer. So you got to do things your way. It's all going to be different. No, there's no right way to do it, okay? There's no right way to do it. You hipsters on your Smith Coronas going, the only pure way to write is with typewriters. Good point. Get really cool and go get a quill pen and an inkwell. Uh, all right? Like, you see where I'm going? This logic just, it'll take you too far. Don't try to be cool. Just write what you want. Write how you want. Okay? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out. That's very personal. It's a very personal thing how you're going to do it. Double entendre. Look it up. Uh, so... <laughs> Says the guy, coming to the end of this lesson mercifully. So yeah, look, your fear, I get it. It's legit. It's there. But it's also not going to happen until you write the story, so let it go. Your fear of the blank page, just put stuff down. I'm not good enough. You don't know that. 
right? And you have no control over the judgment of other people. So let go of that right away. Stop trying to compete. Stop going, I'm going to be a New York Times bestseller or win a Nobel Prize. I'm going to win a, I'm going to win a Nobel. Right. Gandhi never won a Nobel Peace Prize, by the way, and Hitler was at least nominated once. I'm just pointing that out for you because those are the little factoids that are going to help you abandon the sanctity of the great big golden medal that you need to have to merit your existence. Some of the best books I've read never won an award. There's some really brilliant books that never won tons of awards either, mind you. They just were really, really, really brilliant. In point of fact, a lot of old literature never won a bunch more awards than getting published, okay? So don't do that, okay? Just just let go of the ego, right? Know why you're writing and do it for that reason. And if that is your ego, go down the hall, Attitude Adjustment Division, door three, get that stuff figured out, right? And then go and experiment and play and figure out how you want to do it. How do you want to go through and write? What are you going to do? So we had an assignment last week. You know, or if you're catching up, you just got done with one and there was an assignment. Hopefully you've done it. That was what you want to write and why you want to write it. Now you're ready for the next assignment. This is pretty detailed, so bear with me. This week, I want you to take a piece of paper. Mm, ah, yes. Your old nemesis, the blank paper. I want you to take that paper out. I want you to set it down. I want you to remember what you want to write and why you want to write about it. And then I want you to start. That's your homework. I want you to start. I want you to throw mud on the wall and see what hangs out and what falls off onto the floor. I'm not kidding. Not at all. I want you to start. Whatever that looks like for you, sit down, pin in hand, and start. Sound good? I mean, I think it sounds good. Sit down, grind it out, and start. I promise you, you won't regret it. Go ahead and do it. Remember, your fear's in the future. You can't control what anybody thinks, and it really doesn't matter. You've got a purpose to write, okay? It's your connection to whatever it is you're, you're tapping into. Let it be personal. Let it be there. We'll worry about being brave a little bit later. We'll talk about shipping later on in this, in this series. So right now, just put it on the page. Let's be honest. You're the only one who's going to see it for the time being, right? Even I'm not looking at it, and theoretically, I'm teaching the miracles of technology, right? All right, so this week, get started. Uh, next time, we're going to start talking about characters, uh, you know, and, and what exactly those are, because that would be helpful, maybe. All right, everybody, until next time, uh, you know, I'm Matt. This is Confessions of a Working Writer, our Fiction 101 course. It's awesome to have you go. Get the paper. Start. Stop listening to me. I'll talk to you later.